It's Buckeye fever, catch Brutus in the end zone. The Fiesta Bowl, the Heisman, watch the Bucks pose. The BCS, can't say that we ain't number one. The last couple years against Michigan, we five and one. The season has come, Akron Huskies, Northwestern run. Cause we gon' beat up the Gophers and Bull and make you bums. Spartans, Penn State, the Badgers, we gon' spank a line. Nah, Michigan Wolverines, the Bucks will make you pay. It's Buckeye Nation forever, we think Woody Hayes. The realest to rock the stage is King Arden Wallaby. As far as the Florida Gators, we hope and pray to play it. In the horseshoe, we gon' bury you to go undefeated. Scarlet and gray, there's nothing else that I can say. We miss all the players who went pro. Archie Griffin the Great. Oh State, oh State. Scarlet and gray, oh State, oh State. It's the Scarlet and gray, the Buckeyes is the name. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray, oh state, oh state, we the best in the game. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray, we represent oh state in the scarlet and gray. The Buckeye, the Buckeye. chin strap and get ready to go in the shoe with your boys jang money and king art and what's going on y'all thanks for lacing up your cleats with us today and uh taking the field with us in the shoe here i'm your boy jay money Man, I'm I'm a little heartbroken, but at the same time, uh, got to give props to the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, nobody expected them to get where they are. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but other than that, it's a beautiful day out here in Ohio. It's nice out, you know, getting that snow to melt a little bit. Uh Starting to see those streets, man. Uh, things are starting to look positive. We got spring right around the corner. You know, I wish it, uh, you know, would hurry up a little bit. But uh, like you said, man, uh, you know, the outlook is uh, is bright, man. We got some good things coming up. Shout out to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, they played their hearts out. They didn't come up with the dub, but uh, they took it down to the wire, man. Uh, you know, a couple plays here and there changed, uh, you know, the, the game results for them. But uh, they had a hell of a season. They did, but uh, we'll get into that later on. little brief rundown real quick. Yes, Ohio State beat the Canadian Wolverines up north, you know, over the weekend. 
Yeah, you know, uh, they like to throw that uh, 42-27 around, uh, you know, like it actually holds some weight around here, which is completely laughable because I say, what about 3-17? and 17? Ain't that your record the last 20 games? Okay, talk to me. You know, Talk to uh, me nice now. You know, you got that. Then we're also going to preview the Minnesota game tonight, which comes on at 8.30. I do believe it's either on ESPN or Big Ten Network. A cheap plug for them. Uh, we're also going to talk about some of the NBA stuff, some of the trades. Who was the, who? Do you think was the best team that that won at the trade deadline? Uh, you know, also talk about how the Blue Jackets have turned around. You know, at their All Star break. Yeah. Um, and also, a new race team is entering the Daytona 500 this week. You know, we'll let you know about that later. And then also the recap of the Super Bowl. We have our Take It to the Bank segment for uh, whether it's sports, movies, music. You know, when Donald Trump, you know, scratch that. I'm not going to get into that one. But, uh, you know, things like that, that's our Take It to the Bank. And then we're going to leave you with a brief message at the end of the show. But uh, right now, uh, I don't think it's loaded up, but I wanted to play a special song for this game. Um, Do you have it loaded, the Don't Give a Damn? Because, uh, man, they dominated this game. They did, uh, you know, it was a... Probably pretty much around a five-point game most of the game, uh, you know, in, in anywhere between five and ten points, uh, you know, the Buckeyes was keeping it within that range. Uh, they played very well, man. Defensively, they played very well, man. Uh, they held Meat Chicken to a low shooting percentage. And, uh, you know, you got to look at the unsung guys, man. Uh, Cedric Russell, man. And he stepped up. You know, that was somebody that's been – you know, he, he's produced some points this year. You know what I'm saying? So, he, he's he's produced some, but it's not like what he did, you know, in this game. But even in this game, when you when you look at the box score, you know, he finished with 12 points, but he hit timely shot after timely shot. He hit his open three-point shots. He hit a couple di- difficult three-point shots. And his defense, man, his defense um, harassed the Michigan guards – all game long, and uh, created some turnover opportunities and some uh, fast break opportunities for the Buckeyes, and uh, and they finished, man. So I believe he actually got to load it now. So we're gonna play it. So if you know the words out there, go ahead and sing along with it, because uh, you know that song is just uh, <laughs> man. You can never get tired of that after a win, right? Oh. Alrighty. 
So we're having a little bit of difficulty loading it up, uh, I guess. Uh, They're still mad at Eminem taking a, <laughs> a halftime of the Super Bowl, so they don't want us to, you know, play our song, man. Uh, the regulations. Uh, the Canadian, <laughs> the Canadian state up They're north. They're blocking is, us, uh, man. Uh, you know, some Michigan spies, man. They're messing with our software here. They don't want us to play the record. It's understandable, man. They know what's coming in November. What date is that? Was it uh, 20... 26 six. at noon? Here comes the pain. So, about this game that we had up there. Of course, you know, EJ Liddell, 28 points, five rebounds, one assist. Him and Cedric Russell were the only ones in double digits. Uh, but everybody else did contribute as well. Uh, but shout out to Cedric Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have Eugene Brown hurt. Eugene Brown actually came back and played in this game. Um, he actually contributed some pretty solid minutes. Um, he didn't, uh, you know, score a lot, but he rebounded the well. He rebounded the ball pretty well, and uh, he played some solid defense. So that was kind of the trade-off you got there. We lost Michi. We lost Michi Johnson, and then Emmanuel Brown came back for this game. So Eugene uh, Brown. Yeah, Eugene. I keep. I don't know why I keep calling him. A, man, listen, dude. You, you <laughs> just me, call him me, Gene. No, me, me and you got to meet up, man. That, that, that's how we'll, we'll kill all that, man. <laughs> I never, I never forget a person I met, man. But um, Eugene Brown came in. It was, it was good to see him back, man. Uh, he's a nice, athletic wing, and he plays solid defense. And uh, you know, he's going to be one of those players going along as the season goes along is going to be very uh, important to our lineup and our depth because uh, he's, going to, he's going to be a key player. He's a key contributor, man. Yes. So once we have him and we get Michi Johnson back as well, we're hoping, you know, to get Suing back, uh, you know, before the season ends. Unfortunately, Towns is out for the season. His back wasn't able to, uh, you know, cooperate with him, which is sad because he's fought so hard, you know, for this team and, uh, and he's a local guy. Yeah, and, and we could have really used him, to be honest with you. But uh, who knows if he's <laughs> if he's going to stick around for what would be I, a, a seventh year. I think he might just because he hasn't been able to really I believe, play. I believe he gets another medical red shirt. Um, same uh, thing with Justice Suing. If he doesn't finish out this year, you know, if he's not able to go the rest of the season, he'll be back next year. Um, and just look at the talent, though, that we have on the squad now to where if Justice Sewing and Seth Towns is healthy and EJ goes to the league, which we all know he will. But look at the talent, though. You got Malachi Branham. But you, you know, you Jamari got, Wheeler might even come back. You got to look at the guys coming in. The only thing about it is we'll be very young as far as experience-wise. Besides suing and, you know, a couple of guys like that, I don't know if uh, Brunt gets another year. But uh, those recruiting classes are pretty strong. And uh, speaking of recruiting classes, we just got another boom uh, in three-star center um, Austin Parks. Yes. Uh, from Ohio, the number six ranked player in Ohio. So uh, they're getting a, a, a very skilled big guy at 6'10". He can dominate in the paint. He can step out and shoot the ball a little bit, too. So real quick about recruits. There is a recruit that is scheduled to announce his, his school, his on, commitment. On Thursday. On Thursday. Very, very big one. And I'm hoping him and his brother decide to both come here. Yeah, but I think his brother's decision is going to come way down the line sometime. I mean, yeah, but you never know, though. You never know. 
You know, but usually on things like this, you know, the, those guys have been working hard. Uh, it's his moment, so I really don't expect his brother to to take anything away Mm-mm. from his moment. So um, with the crystal balls in and what everybody's saying, um, he's primed to become a Buckeye. So let's let's just hope that um, you know that comes true. I, and I have strong feelings, uh, and I think he's going to commit to the good guys. So for y'all who don't know what what recruit we're talking about for Ohio State football, that is Luke Montgomery out of Finley, Ohio, defensive lineman. He is a four star, I believe. Yes. Um, and he has. Ohio State in his top five. The Crystal Balls, as we mentioned, have been leaning towards Ohio State. And he's going to play offensive uh, lineman in college. Well, he's he's going to play offensive lineman I, in college. I, but, I mean, his brother, Ty Montgomery. He's going to play offensive. I mean. He's being, recruit, <laughs> he's being recruited at offensive tackle for Ohio State. And he already said that he's given up defense to, to play offense in college. So I mean, hey. I mean, we need him. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 the he's our number one offensive line target yeah. for the class. Put it that way. So um, you know, hopefully we get some good news. I, I think we're going to get some good news. I mean, uh, you know, lots of good things been happening for the for for the Buckeyes, man. I mean, all across the the whole world of sports, man. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of stuff we can talk about, but we're gonna stay on subject for right now. <laughs> so back to the hardwood. Basketball Bucks got a game tonight at 8.30 against uh, uh, Minnesota. I I don't know how I want to feel about this one because, I mean, it's we've had those where we've been off for a little bit, have a game that, you know, it's kind of hard getting that momentum. I mean, especially coming out with that heartbreaking um, – Lost to Rutgers, and then turn around, sit and watch Rutgers beat the number twelve, you know, Wisconsin or number fourteen Wisconsin was actually pretty funny. Yeah, and 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 Rutgers is one of those teams that you, uh, you, you that if they continue to play the way they're the way they've been playing, they're going to make the tournament. Uh, they had some good, um, you know, quadrant one and two wins, which is what they needed. That's the reason why they didn't make the tournament last year. Their record is pretty much the same, but their quality of wins are better. So uh, Rutgers is actually, you know, a, pr- a pretty decent team, man. I mean, it's a game that the Buckeyes definitely should have won. They didn't win, but, you know, at least it wasn't to one of the basement teams in the Big Ten. So, you know. Yeah. They should have got the win, but they didn't. Uh, they kind of stayed. In, in the same place I want a rematch were. in the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, how it went this week. The Buckeyes split two games again and, uh, you know, fell in the rankings a little bit. But uh, still in a very solid place, man. Where they are right now, they still have a chance to win the Big Ten. They're only, they're only a, you know, within a game or two of first place uh, as far as record-wise, but they have to collect the win. So with these na- these next eight games – Buckeyes really have a chance to control their own destiny, and they can—they're actually very, very close to first place, man. And uh, you know, if they start ripping off some of these wins, man, look out. I'm—I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing if we get. Uh, don't know when Jamari Wheeler's coming back. Um, or not Jamari Wheeler, but Michi Johnson. Uh, I hope he comes back soon. Yeah, it looked pretty bad, man. Um, uh, you know, he took that 
took that turn on that ankle, man. It yeah. didn't, didn't look too good. And, you know, it just depends on if it's a high ankle sprain or a lower sprain, you know. Hey, that high ankle me. sprain can linger for months. And the low, you know, it could be day-to-day with that. Trust me, I know how them ankles feel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, Chris Holtman is still pushing for EJ Liddell to be considered up there in the the, the running for Big Ten Player of the Year. Which is quite ludicrous uh, that he's not, <laughs> you know, that he's not in that argument. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense to me, man. EJ Liddell is one of the best players in the country. Uh, you know, top ten player in the country in my opinion and not to be mentioned – you know, for first team all Big Ten at this point is is to be quite frank laughable. Well, it's but fu- I'm not laughing at it. It's fu- it's funny because Andy Katz that one week, yep, that he didn't have him in yep. there. EJ Liddell came out on fire. Yep. Following week, he did his you know Big Ten report, and it was he had EJ Liddell in there in the big, uh, first team Big Ten. Right. And, a, and another funny thing about that is he makes that announcement, and then you know. The NCAA goes out and announced that he makes the midseason Naismith Award watch list. So I mean, <laughs> you know, that's that's a telltale sign within itself telling you how good of a player that Liddell is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, can't wait for the game tonight. Need for him to go off again. Malachi to come back out. Arns needs to. It looks like Arns is. Trying to you know battle that slump again. You know what? Sometimes for some guys it takes a game. Some guys it takes multiple games. Uh, you know, slumps can be you know funny, man. You know, they they can end abruptly or they they can you know go on forever, man. You know, he kind of broke out of his slump one game and then you know he's right back in the funk again. But long as he's out there playing good defense and rebounding, he's always a threat to uh, score the basket, and uh, he's going to – just the fact that he's on the floor and being a threat to hit the three-point shot is going to give other guys opportunities to make uh, baskets. Yep. Um, I'm looking forward to it. They just need to be aggressive tonight and send the Golden Gophers back to Minneapolis. Gophers but, live in a hole, don't they? Yep. We'll stuff them back in there. Well, we could send him via 75 North to uh, Hairball's house and say, you know, that he could take them back to, oh, wait, no, he's not going to Minnesota. My bad. Yeah, uh, the Rams offensive coordinator just got that job. Which, you know, congratulations to him. You know, won a Super Bowl, and now he's a head coach. So Those, those are the perks. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about NFL here in a little bit. But, so, uh, so what do you expect to see out of out of the basketball team tonight? Out of the basketball team, I'd like to see more aggression, um, better defensive play. Because, you know, I did look at some of the stats and the scoring-wise for each half. Didn't like what I saw giving up 33, you know, to the Canadian State up north. Um, just – be more consecutive and, and precise, you know. Um, stop the turnovers, you know, the ill-advised turnovers. You know, there's there's always going to be turnovers in the game of basketball. 
You know, but eliminate the stupid ticky-tack ones. Shot clock violations, you know. Ten-second violations, man. For the love of God, how, do you, second how do you get a ten-second <laughs> violation and not getting the ball across half court, man? That is one of the penalties that absolutely drives me crazy, and I can't believe they do it, man. And one of the things that they need to actually work on, and Rutgers exposed it. When the defense is playing uh, Ohio State's offensive basketball, and they're doing a press. Ohio State seems like they don't know what they're doing. You know, so they need to do more press defensive practice. How to fight out of it. Because there were some times it didn't look like that ball was going to get crossed midcourt against Rutgers. So, and they, like I said, they actually got a violation against Meat Chicken. Yeah, so, so I mean, and- that press defense is what's killing us. You know, from being consistent on the offensive side. And for the love of God, please stop taking the rush shots. Early in the shot clock. Yes, stop taking the rush shots. You know, if you got a 25-second, 35-second shot clock, don't get down the court and still have 29 seconds left on the 35-second shot clock. You know, don't take that shot. Allow Allow the play to set up. And and catch a team slipping. You got two big guys right now with Zed Key and EJ Liddell. And, or three, if you want to add Kyle Young, that can be down there. We have the assist, you know, we have the assist makers. Branham, uh, Wheeler. You know what I'm saying? Liddell is still an assist one. Arns. You know, so allow the play to set up before you take that, that shot. For me, um, one thing I've noticed, you know, take a couple notes here and there, a couple things that I've been jotting down about what I've been seeing is uh, early in the games, um, it looks like Holtman is trying to establish the inside game. You're seeing a lot of passes down the key early. Mm-hmm. And down to Liddell, so they're pl- they're kind of they're trying to play um, aggressively, and they're trying to establish some physicality in the post. They're getting it in the key, and they're getting it in to Liddell, and then they're kicking it. They're playing inside out. Um, when the shot's not falling for key, that's when they start getting into a little bit of trouble. And you see them sometimes uh, forcing a couple shots with the left hand there. But uh, when when they can get key going early. Down on the inside, it, it, it tends to bow well for them. And I like the inside-outside action because, like you said, they got shooters. They got irons. You got Wheeler that, that, that can definitely hit an open shot. You got Russell that can hit an open shot. Uh, Liddell is nice. Kyle Young can and can step out and uh, hit a 20-footer Brand you know, if, if you're going to leave him open. Uh, so I like the aggressiveness. One thing I like to see more of, um, which we're starting to see is, um, you know, with Brandon, he's being very aggressive. I like the way he takes the ball to the cup and he's drawing defenders to him and is uh, creating open shots for his teammates. Uh, I like to see a little bit more to that. He's uh, starting to get comfortable in sort of his uh, second guy role. Um, he knows he's a guy that can, uh, you know, that can 
create his own shot. And he's starting to develop pretty well in that area, so i just like to see that continue. For me, it's just the physicality on the inside, and i like to see them use um, Brandon more in an attacking style because it's going to create shots for the other guys. And when you get other guys involved, it's it's – yeah, it's like a chain reaction or a domino effect. You knock that thing over and everybody's going. Yep. So those are my keys. One thing I also want to do is, is also, for the love of God, somebody needs to develop that killer instinct. If we're in a late, if we're in down by two, down by one. That was my thing with the Rutgers game. Yeah. I, I, and, and it, you know, it pains me to say this because Liddell had a great ball game but kind of faltered down the stretch. I wanted to see him take over the game. Normally in times like that, in a crisis situation, he hits big-time shots. He's very aggressive. They was turning the ball over late, you know, gave up an eight-point lead with two minutes left, less than two minutes left. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'll like to see him finish there. And like you said, somebody needs to have that killer instinct. Somebody, you know, you can be the man in, in that particular instance, and we definitely need somebody like that because – like you said, when it comes to March Madness and it's tournament time, the ballers going to come out. I mean, you know, to me, in my opinion, we haven't really had anybody that had that killer instinct since, like, Scooney Penn and Michael Red and uh, Michael Conley, you know. Oden. You know, we haven't really had that person that that team's feared of. It, like Angelo. D'Angelo Russell, you know, we really haven't had that that person that people fear coming down late in the game with, you know, less than a minute to go and say, you know, say the other team is up by one or two or even three. Those teams haven't feared Ohio State because we don't have that person that really is like, like, hey, if they get if they give him the ball, you better double, team you better double or yeah. hack a shack. Yep, yep. Hack a shack or double because he's gonna hit that shot, you know. And and honestly, we we haven't had anybody have that Kobe mentality, that Mamba mentality of uh, it's takeover. And you know stuff like that. You know it, it's not easy to come by. So you know we definitely understand. But you know if if you want to make a run in a tournament, you gotta have a guy or. A guys of, or a couple of guys that are not afraid of the moment and uh we're definitely not saying anybody on the team is not you know are afraid of the moment but we're just saying we'd like to see it being established a little bit more and we'd like to see somebody uh you know take that step and uh you know put their foot down and say you know what when the game is on the line put the ball in my hands and we're going to be confident in the result so with that <laughs> It's time to go hit these concession stands up for some more uh, uh, hot dogs and some more Pepsi. Hey, we could have um, we plugged you right there, but you ain't call us yet. We could be <laughs> plugging a sponsor right there, but we uh, haven't got the call yet. But we are. Uh, we're gonna hit my go, producer Miles up. We're gonna go to a break, but before we do, we have this question of the day for question all you Buckeye fans out there. The day. Who was the head coach of the Buckeyes' first national championship team? If y'all know the answer out there and y'all are a true Buckeye fan and a historian of Buckeye football. And this one, this one, you know, for true Buckeye heads, it shouldn't be that hard. This one. It shouldn't be. So leave your comments in the the chat down below. Go grab you some more hot dogs, maybe some of that pulled pork from uh, Pit Barbecue Grill. 
in Clintonville. You know, which those sandwiches were actually pretty good this year. The shoot, um, and the nachos. Yeah. Uh, so those with the, tacos, those tacos were good too from Brio. The tacos was nice. <laughs> you, you gonna pay thirty dollars? You gonna pay thirty dollars for three tacos? But those tacos were amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, but with the Commander of Cup, you got free refills. You're right. So you're right. With that being said, we're about to go hit these concession stands up. I'm hungry. Like I always am. So, and we'll if see. you guys got the answer, go ahead and uh, type it in, and uh, we'll let you know if you got it right. We'll see you <laughs> after halftime. If you've ever dreamed of a career in the sports production industry, your dream could come true. The Ohio Media School is enrolling their next sports emphasis class soon. You'll learn about all the different aspects of what goes into the broadcast that you watch or listen to. Go from behind the scenes to the front of the camera. You'll also get hands-on opportunities to practice your skills through the Score On Air Network. Call the Ohio Media School at 614-655-5250 or visit beonair.com slash Columbus. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player, that is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the If you've ever dreamed of a career in the sports production industry, your dream could come true. The Ohio Media School is enrolling their next sports emphasis class soon. You'll learn about all the different aspects of what goes into the broadcast that you watch or listen to. Go from behind the scenes to the front of the camera. You'll also get hands-on opportunities to practice your skills through the Score On Air Network. Call the Ohio Media School at 614-655-5250 or visit beonair.com slash Columbus. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism 
you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327 or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. Alrighty, uh, welcome back. You know, I had to go get me a refill of Pepsi. I'm full. You full? Yeah. Tacos were good, huh? They were great. <laughs> Thanks, Brio. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, we left you off with the question of the day. Question of the day was who was the head coach of the Buckeyes' first national championship team? So looking at this chat, it doesn't look like anybody knew uh, the answer or just didn't want to put it in there. So we're going to tell you anyways. The answer is Paul Brown. Legendary Paul Brown. Uh, we all know the contributions that he's made to football in Ohio in general. He, yes. is, he is a giant. Um, you know, shout out to the, you know, the ghost of Paul Brown and, and, and shout out to the to the Paul Brown family, you know. Thanks for the everything that you contributed, man. I do Ohio believe Ohio State, Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals. I do I do believe uh he was also the inventor of the hurry up offense. Brought that to you know, came to Cincinnati and invented it here. And uh you know, one of the inventions that he's brought to to the state. You know, he does have a uh, football field named after him here in Maslin, Ohio, for Maslin High School, uh, the Tigers. You know, and then he he was also an owner at one point in time of uh, the Browns, or a GM at least, and uh, Art Modell fired him. So, <clears throat> I believe that's where the curse on the lake started <laughs> when you get rid of Paul Brown. And then, you know, he his, brought, brought the Cincinnati Bengals and the uh, rest is history. Yep. Like I said, uh, you know, his contributions to Ohio football in general are monumental, and there's really not too much else to say about that. That's that's on period. So enough of, uh, of all that. We're going to get into some NBA at the NBA roundtable. The Cavs uh, – they fell to the Sixers. Uh, the, you know, uh, James Harden wasn't in there. Man, hey, hold on. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> man, MB dunked on Jared Allen so hey. hard, man. It was crazy. It turned a lot of people's heads with that dunk. You know. That, 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 hey, I got up out of my seat. I couldn't believe it. My aunt, 
is a 76ers fan, you know, so we was flicking back and forth. I wasn't trying to watch that game, but you know, I, I got to, I got to for for job purposes and stuff like that. And I enjoy watching the games, man. But that dunk was absolutely amazing. If you guys haven't checked it out, two seven uh, footers. Yeah, and and the thing about uh, Allen, uh, he's he's always going to be a challenger at the rim. So it's it's respect to him as well because not a lot of guys are going to get in front of a guy who's seven foot two, and uh, you know jumps out the gym. So you know he did it, man. You know, and they they'll I got a feeling somewhere in the playoffs those guys are going to meet and there's going to be a clash there because that's a pretty good matchup. It is, and you know both teams, you know at the trade deadline made some, you know made they did some they did they and- both. They both improved. I think uh, Cleveland definitely improved with the Levert trade. Yep. Um, you know, and then uh, Philly, uh, you know, in that blockbuster trade, I think it was pretty even in my opinion. Uh, they got what they wanted. They got a second guy. I think they gave up too much. But, I mean, for if you're in a win right now situation, I think it was pretty even. Um, you know, hard. I think I would have kept Seth Curry. Well, yeah. Because Seth Curry was actually doing something with the Sixers. Yeah, he was definitely. You know, he he finally found a home in but, in, in but Philly. You, but the thing about it is, is you know, in the trade world, you know, in the perfect world, you get to keep what you want and give away what you don't want. So it, you know, it, oftentimes it's not going to always work like that. So they had to give up, you know, some people. And then I believe with the two first round picks, that was that was just a lot, man. But um, you know, they're in a win right now situation. And I mean, you're getting James Harden. Harden, so. Harden is going to be Harden, Harden is going to be the perfect um, complimentary piece to Joel Embiid. They still got young Tyrese Maxey, and they got Thibault. Um, you know, they they got they got a nice young team, man. Things in the East are going to be very interesting. The top four seeds are all separated uh, by three games, and the top two seeds are two and three seeds are only separated by one game. And one of them, my Cavs, and one of them is my Bulls. So uh, let's get it rolling. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, but y'all see it. <laughs> the East really hasn't been dominant, honestly. And you can even, if you feel the same way I do. The East hasn't been dominant since LeBron left. They haven't, but they did win the uh, the national. I mean, not the national. They did win the world championship last year. The they East did, did, but it, to me, to me, that doesn't matter. It just matters how well. Well, it matters, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, um, long as you plan well in June. I mean, but that's we, all. That's all that matters, man. You got to get on the roll, man. You got a conference that. You know, like like last year's Western Conference, right? You know what I'm saying? You had the the Warriors. The Warriors. They were okay, but you had Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? You had uh, Utah. Utah. You had Denver. You had um, the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. You know, and you even had Portland. You know what I'm saying? But so, the thing the thing about it is, this is the only difference uh, with the West. You have your top five dominant teams. And then in the East, it's a lot of parity. That's the only difference. I mean, the records are not as good as the teams out West, but the, the two teams with the best record, uh, the Phoenix Suns and the, and, the, and the Golden State Warriors, have been smacking everybody. So, Which is true, but, you know, when you come over here to the East, like you said, the top four seeds. I feel like anybody in the East has a good enough team to beat anybody in the West, man. 
I do. You got you. You can't count out the Milwaukee Bucks. They they got the championship experience, and they got the the, the you know arguably trophy. arguably the best basketball player in basketball right now. The Greek and, freak. And the, the crazy thing about that is he's only getting better. He's developed that jump shot. He's learning how to shoot off the dribble. That's a scary thing, man. He's a young dude. He jumps out the gym. He's strong. Don't let him get on a fast break. Strong as an ox. He's like a freight train, man. So, <laughs> you know, like I said, you got you got the Bucks, you got the Cavs, you got the Bulls. The Nets. You got the you got the Nets and you got the 76. Now, the one thing I I do want to talk about the Nets. And like I said, I, I believe uh, both teams benefit from the trade because with the Nets, they're getting, you know, they're getting Ben Simmons. You got a 6'10 point guard who runs the floor and plays great defense. He they don't have to count on him to make shots, but he does have to put pressure on the defense, and uh, he's going to be a great guy that's in transition there because he's going to take it to the cup. But the thing about it is, is will he get in his head again? Will he be scared to drive it to the basket because he's a horrible free throw shooter, or he has been? Uh, you know, up to this point in his career. That's the only thing. But like you said, they get Seth Curry. Uh, they get Andre Drummond, which is a rim protector. Man. Uh, you know, they, <laughs> they they got some they got some good stuff in return. So and then the, Nets, a- the Nets loaded themselves for the back end of this schedule. They haven't been playing well. They had lost 11 games in a row before they just won this game with uh, Andre Drummond, you know, with the new guys in there. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they gel because uh, sometimes it ain't about the names on the paper it's about how it all goes together yep and you're right and you know kevin durant getting healthy he comes back along with andre drummond along with seth curry and ben simmons the nets are going to be a force also yeah but is Kyrie still only going to play away games Kyrie can only play away games you know due to you know brooklyn or he, he, he could play home games I mean, he could, but, you know, that whole situation. If he got the shot. <laughs> it's but, a choice. You know, and then also take a look at some of these younger squads. Charlotte. Yeah, they look pretty good. Indiana. Boston is hanging around there in the eighth spot. Boston, Atlanta. Atlanta. Indiana. They got some nice young squads. Like I said, the East has a lot more parity. You know what I mean? The the the, the squads are a lot it's more almost like the AFC a lot more this year. a lot more evenly matched. Um, you know, so like you said, it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens after the All Star break. Uh, it's interesting to me. It seems like um, the second half of the NBA season is a lot shorter than what it used to be because they've already played two thirds of the season, mm-hmm. and there's only 28 games left after the All Star break, which is, <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that before. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. But I've never known it to be like that before. But um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be uh, nice to watch those guys claw it out for first, second, third, and fourth place because those are the spots that you want to be in Correct. in both conferences. You know, they got the play in now. So if you're in ninth, eighth, and seventh. You know, intense, you know, then you. It's your wild card. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. You, you you never complain when you got more basketball to play, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I'm not really too keen on that situation. But, uh, you know, the NBA, they're, they're always trying to be innovative and try new things and, and trying ways to, to broaden their audience. Uh, but with that being said, um, we're going to talk about the Bulls a little bit. Um 
They've been struggling as of late, but they've still been finding ways to win games here and there. They pulled out the win last night. DeMar DeRozan has been absolutely snapping with eight straight 30-point games, six straight games of 35-plus points, which no other bull has done since the great Michael Jordan in 1988 with seven games and 1986 with 10 games straight. And that is rare air to be in. Those were some of his first years. Yeah. Yeah. That's when it was all him. So uh, that, that kind of gives you a description on what he's actually had to do with all the injuries is that he absolutely put the team on his back. Lonzo Ball's been out for almost a month. Uh, Caruso's been out for almost a month. Zach Levine. Uh, Jones Jr. just came back, uh, you know. and. Patrick Williams has been out for the whole season. So, uh, and, and Levine's been in and out of the lineup. He didn't even play last night. So, they're kind of limping in to to the all-star break. With that being said, there's still only one game out of first place, man. So, I think, you know, in my mind, and, and anybody who watches basketball should have DeMar DeRozan in, in, in your top five MVP conversation. To me, he should be in the top three because uh, uh, not only is he having uh, – a, a, a resurgence, man. He's playing out of his mind. The guy doesn't shoot three-point shots. He's incredibly efficient, and he's basically doing whatever he wants out there on that basketball court, anything inside of the three-point line. I, 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 sh- I mean, it's hard to, you know, deny facts when it's black and white and you're seeing it day in and day out. You know, and DeMar DeRozan is just like Darius Garland for my Cavs. You know, we start off the season with – Somewhat of a promise, but then, you know, Ricky Rubio gets hurt. Colin Sexton gets hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what they'd be if Sexton didn't get hurt. Exactly. So but the, I always wondered, would that have messed with the development it pro- it of probably, Garland? It probably it would have. gave him a chance to step up. But, you know, Darius Garland has put the Cavs on his back as well. And not only that, they went out and tried to – they went out and got him some help with Rondo, you know, get, getting him in a trade. And that's helped him out some because it's taken the uh, it's taken a little bit of the pressure off of him, you know, coming down the court. But then now you got Karis LeVert, which you know we got rid of Ricky Rubio and a couple draft picks. I'm cool with, but you know we bring home a a local bull, uh, you know, a local kid, you know. That's been playing phenomenal with Indiana, you know, and he stayed, and he even played, you know, he played good against the Pacers the other night. Oh, he took it out on you. Know what I'm saying, but he's a, he's a bona fide um, young riser, man. He is, but you know, to to get back to the the point of what Demar Derozan is doing for Chicago, Darius Garland is doing for Cleveland right now, you know, and Darius Garland does get those points. Which, you know, starts boosting Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Kevin Love, you know, who's having one heck of a year. He is coming off uh, the bench, providing that spark. Yeah, and that he energy. And, man, and, and you know what I'm saying? When He's you had got a resurgence. Exactly. And so out there in Chicago, you got DeMar DeRozan that's providing that spark for everybody else around him. So then, you know, when like Zach Levine comes in, or you got, you, you got, know, Mel, you know, Ball yeah, comes ball back. Ball comes back, and then, you know, in their absence, you even got 
<laughs> Kobe White is but he had a, a a heck of a game last night. He finished with twenty three points, twenty two points, uh, to be exact. You got Io Desumu, who was I think the steal one of the steals of the draft. I think him and uh, Jonathan Kaminga was was tremendous pickups for the Warriors and the Bulls. Uh, Desumu plays great defense. Uh, he was a great pickup for them. So when when uh, Levine comes back, when Lonzo Ball comes back, they're gonna have some of those rotational guys, and they should be you know they should be uh, you know. Pretty pretty set for the playoffs, man. But uh, I agree with you, man. Garland, uh, he's a key cog for that team. Um, he's been playing some phenomenal basketball. I can't wait for that game, the Bulls versus uh, the Cavs again. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we gave it to y'all last time. You know, we're still going to win it again. But uh, already, so off the hardwood to the ice. The Columbus Blue Jackets had uh, – had started the season off real well. Um, and then, you know, towards <laughs> towards the end of November, the Jackets sort of went back to being the old Jackets as normal. Um, just, you know, not playing with too much energy. People were hurt. People were without, you know, people were, without, or were out of games with COVID. Uh, but now... Right before the All-Star break, the Cavs uh, or the the Blue Jackets were on a small winning streak, right? They were uh, they had won two out of the last three before the All-Star break. So uh go to the All-Star break come out, the first three games so far in the All-Star after the All-Star break the Jackets have won, so now it proves to five and six on their in their last six games, which is a huge turnaround. Considering you know how they had been on some of the losing streaks that they were on. Um, with that being said, they are playing the Calgary Flames tonight, which the last time the and Jackets and they're they're going for their fourth consecutive. Uh, Road win. Correct. And uh, which, after the All-Star break, the Jackets have the longest win streak right now in the Eastern Conference. And Calgary, as well, after the All-Star break, has the longest win streak for the Western Conference. So, you know, the Jackets are going up against uh, a team that the last time they were hearing at Nationwide Arena, (sighs) 60-some shots. On Elvis Merzlikens, which he ended up getting pulled during that game. Yep. Um, and they gave up six goals and was shut out six to nothing. So the Calgary Flames have actually been a pain, been a thorn in the side of uh, the Jackets this year. Um, so that game does come on, I believe, at 8.30 on uh, Bally Sports tonight. Uh, with uh, Jackets Live 30 minutes before the game. So you can get all the updates and everything about who's playing, what the lineups are going to be like. I'm anxious about this, you know, because uh, we're starting to get everybody healthy on the Jackets. Um, And there's not that much hockey left either. There's only about maybe a month, maybe, maybe a month and a half left, if that. But uh, the Jackets are now over 500, and they are creeping up in the the standings for one of the wild card spots. Um, 
I'm waiting to see can can they go on that run like they did last uh a few years ago? Yep. Where they went on a 21 game win streak. You know, it would be nice. And now and that was the year that we uh we were a wild card team. Yep. And upset the Tampa Bay Lightning yep. four to nothing. Yep. You know, and then lost to Boston. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, um as you stated um it's, it's, it's quite the surprise here because uh, about a month ago, uh, we, 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 we weren't <laughs> thinking wild card. We weren't thinking anything. And, uh, you, know, this, you know, this past couple of weeks, man, they play some, some, some solid hockey. And this game is, is going to tell us whether they're going to keep ascending to that wild card spot or, you know, it was just a spurt. We'll see. And, and you know, it's kind of hard to say that because Calgary is a good team. But, um you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. We're hoping for the best here. Um, you know, we want to see the uh, Jackets continue to play well. We want to see them get that wild card, man, because, uh, uh, you know, it's about time for the Jackets to do something. It's time for the Jackets to get more than just one uh, playoff one series, playoff win. series we win. need to We need to get to the cup. With, with we the, need a deep run. We need to at least get to the conference with championship. So, with some of the players that we have in there, we have we have three players on the team right now, right, that were born here in Columbus. Sean Corrali, Jake Roslovic, and Cole Sillinger. Now, Cole Sillinger, he was born here, born at Ohio State, so he, you know, we could call him a Buckeye. Um, but he, his dad played for the Jackets, was actually on one of the – the first teams for Columbus. So, you know, him being born here, then his dad gets traded, so he leaves, you know, leaves Columbus. Then it just feels, you know, when we drafted him over the summer. Blue Jacket legacy. You know, he came back. Jake Roslovic is from Bexley, and he's played in the – Bexley Pizza. Shout out Bexley Pizza. (laughs) Um (laughs) They do have some good pizza. Yeah, 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 um, yeah they do. But he uh, he um, played in the Jackets youth organization, and so did Sean Corrali, who's a native of Dublin. You know what I'm saying? And who went to you know who played for the Boston Bruins for you know a couple years, and then now when uh, you know Columbus got him, Columbus actually traded for him, I believe. And brought him in. So you you got Sean Corrali, Jake Lorosovic, and Cole Cylinder, all Ohio boys. So they know what it. They grew up watching the Jackets. You know some of the key star players. You know um, Jake Voracek, who's back with the Jackets after ten years. You know uh, Rick Nash, Lyle Odeline, uh, Ron Tugnut, Espen Knudsen. You know. Players like that, Adam Foote, um, even Martin San Luis, you know, played up here, you know, before he retired. Uh, so they were they grew up watching these stars. Now that they are here with the Jackets, they've been incredible to see all all you know all season so far. But um, the one guy I actually have to, you know, give props on and fighting through a lot of things is Patrick Line. Patrick Line started off the season good, and then you know he ended up getting you know hit with the COVID bug, so he was out. 
the minute he was clear to come back, his dad passed away. So he had to take more time. Uh, yeah, he started the season off, ended up, you know, messing up his shoulder. So he was out for almost the entire, or well, actually the entire first half of the season. You know, he came back for one game in December, scored a goal. But then after that, it took him a few games. In the process of him rehabbing, he got COVID, and then he also lost his dad. Comes out now the last, I want to say, six games. He now has, like, 12 points. And, you know, he's been firing the shot. And you could tell when he's engaged in the game, he has that stick pointed up at the rafters. And when you see him cocked and loaded like that, send the puck to him. Because he's going to put it on that net. And if it doesn't go in, it's going to go wide or it's going to hit somebody. And you're going to feel it the next day. So, keep getting him involved. Jackets should, you know, should keep keep rolling. Um, that's all I got for the ice. But I, I do hear some engines rumbling. Uh, do you want to touch real quick? Or? Uh we got a we got a new racing team. Uh, I know, like uh, the most, uh, you know, racing team addition uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, that really created a buzz was was the Jordan racing team. You know, uh, with Bubba Wallace and uh, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, and uh, you know, created a, a nice buzz in the sport, man. Uh, you know, that was needed. Uh, we we got another one, man. I got to do a little bit more, more research on it, but. Um, uh, team Mayweather is uh, to debate uh, the racing team, man. You know, uh, Floyd Mayweather, the undefeated um, <laughs> TBE, the best ever, in my opinion. Guess uh, what his number is? The car number is 50. Okay. Well, we know what I <laughs> why the car number is 50 because uh, he has 50 wins and zero losses. And uh, man, y'all got y'all got to get that exhibition match with Logan. Y'all got to y'all got to start. That's not a real boxing match, man. Number one, if he, he didn't do the other. Come on, man. The guy's 100 pounds more than him, and it's an exhibition match. I don't know what you really expected. If y'all paid y'all money, then that's that's on y'all because I streamed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Mayweather debuts his team. It's called. Uh, uh, the money, uh, money team racing, um, and the driver is uh, Kaz Grala. I haven't really heard too much about the driver, uh, so I am gonna have to do my research on that. If uh, Ryan Hill or uh, Hot Wheels Na uh, Travis Napper, you know, knows a little about, um, you know, no know, uh, knows a little bit about that driver. And can uh, inform me a little on them. But, uh, you know, the qualifying races for the Daytona 500 are on Thursday. They they split them up into two different uh, races. So, uh, if he could get a nice spot in one of those qualifying races. It's going to be interesting to see, man. I, I, you like to see things like that, man. You're starting to see... You know, a little bit more, uh, you know, black ownership in, in, in racing and stuff like that. Uh, Pitbull you know, has part ownership in some, a race somewhere team. Somewhere down the line, they're going to, you know, move towards that way in the NFL. And that's been some of the arguments that they've been having lately with not having, you know, enough African-American coaches and, and, and owners in the sport. And, uh, you know, we, we like to see progression, man. I you think know, that but, will change when Roger Goodell gets out. Let, let let everybody get a piece of the pie, man, because that's, that's when the world is a better place, man, when we share our food. What did Tyrese say? I'm hungry. 
But uh, yeah, and and, and hey, and to add to that, man, any anything named money team, man, hey, I like it. I like anything involving money. I don't know about you. I mean, it also it also brings more money to NASCAR, brings more viewers. You know what I'm saying? And it, and, and it's opening up different avenues for for people to you know for sports wise. Right, and, and you know, like 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 you said, uh, um. You're going to have people from all aspects of the world tuning in, man. It, you, you, you're never going wrong when you're broadening your audience, man. You want to try to get as many people in as you can to expand your your sport. And if you want to evolve your sport, man, get as many people from all shapes, sizes, and colors involved, man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing, man. You can only get better. So Daytona 500, Sunday, 2.30. I do, believe, I do believe it is on Fox as it has been for the last few for, for years. Um, as Fox has the first half of the race season. But uh, we'll, we'll go down there if somebody wants to sponsor us. I, it's lovely down there. But yes, if uh, somebody have, would like us. I have yet to get to a, a racing tailgate. I've heard so many good things about them. And. Uh, your boy King Art is ready to go. If anybody, one of the fans out there wants to take your boy King Art, uh, you know, to 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 see one of those beautiful racing events, man, I'm all in. I am too. Uh, maybe we could get Hot Wheels, uh, you know, and Ryan to get together, get a group, and uh, you know, go on down to a race. I like it. So I like it. Real quick, we're gonna recap the Super Bowl. Um, it's not a subject I really want to talk about, but you know, being in sports, we have to talk about it. Uh, my, it. my Bengals did lo- lose against uh, the Rams. Uh, there was some controversial calls, but at the end of the day, Cincinnati just didn't execute properly. Um, and congratulations to the I want to call them the St. Louis Rams, but you know the L.A. Rams. For winning their second Super Bowl in franchise history. Congratulations to the Kirk, fighting Kirk Warners. Um, and congratulations to Jordan Fuller. Captain. You know, he was hurt, got hurt in the season finale against the Niners. And, you know, he couldn't be here for the Super Bowl, but... Uh, he gets a ring. He still gets a ring. Um, he's still a captain. He's You know, he's still, got, he's still a captain. But... Like I said, it's a sad day for Bengals fans, but also it's a happy day for us because uh, nobody at the beginning part of the season thought we would get here. You know, nobody predicted the Bengals would be, you know, in the Super Bowl, let alone win more than four games. So for us to prove everybody wrong, um, first AFC championship since 89, First Super Bowl appearance since 89. 88. Well, the 89 year, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, you know, you you got to tip your hat to the Bengals. Uh, Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call him. Even under with a minute or so left to go and being under pressure and getting hurt a little bit, you know, he still was Joe Cool. You know, um, there was, I showed you a picture earlier today, but there was video evidence on that fourth and one on that last play. Aaron Donald was offsides. He was lined up in the neutral zone. Um, you know, there, there was a couple of plays that they missed in, in there, but, you know, 
all in all, you can't put the blame on the referees because the Bengals did have their chances to win the game. Um, they have been playing solid defense all game, you know, besides a couple of drives here and there. And for some reason, they just let these guys drive the length of the field and score a touchdown, which I thought they were just going to hold them to three. To three, but then once time started getting low, I'm like, they got to score a touchdown, which I was pretty confident that the Bengals' defense was going to stop them from getting a touchdown, which they didn't. And then on the flip side of that, I was expecting Joe to just go ahead and drive down with two timeouts left in a, in a minute and a half, which is an eternity in, a, in, a, in the NFL. I mean, but, he uh, could have won. He could have won it by yeah. t- by a field goal. Yeah, well, they could have tied with a field goal and won with a touchdown. But you know, you got to tip your hat to the Bengals, man. You know, it's not a it's not it's not a sad story at all. It, you know, those guys weren't expected to be there. It's one of those things where I think they was uh, picked to finish last in their division. You know, preseason. So, uh, but we saw who that was. Well, yeah, <laughs> that I don't have anything to do with that. <laughs> That's not my fight. That's not my division. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not a sad story for Bengals fans out there. You got to look at the youth. You got to look at the youth. You got to look at what you got coming back. And, uh, you know, just, just get in your management's butt. Tell them to get that guy offensive line. They get him an offensive line. Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a threat for the next five to ten years, you know. And that's just the way it is, man. You know, you can't do nothing but tip your hat to them. Uh, congratulations to the Rams. They didn't give up. Uh, looked like it was going to be over for a second there. I don't know why, uh, you know, Coach decided to take Mixon out the game and, and stop running the ball because, um, you know, they were he was, he was gashing them. Uh, uh, all they had to do was, you know, get a couple of more first downs, and they for some reason he got pass happy. And, uh didn't try any quick passes or anything like that, but you know, it was his. He's a young coach. It was his first Super Bowls. The like you said, the Bengals' first Super Bowl in years in thirty plus years. So I mean, you know, you can't be mad. Definitely not. You, you could be a little disappointed in the result, but you can't be mad. I'm not mad at him. I'm actually proud for him. Uh, you know, we we pretty much ended uh, Big Ben's career. Uh, probably uh, also ended Lamar Jackson's time frame in uh, Baltimore as well. I ain't got nothing to do with none of that. Um, <laughs> hey, but we do play y'all this year. Good. So, and I think it is in Cincinnati. So, uh, I'll, be, I'll be at that game. So will I. We might, we might just have to report live. We, we just might have to do that. <laughs> just might have to do that. Since uh, it, actually, um, Wait a minute. No, 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 no. That can't be true. Well, yeah, it could be. Uh, the the year we played y'all's division, the year before that, and um, we were supposed to go, me and my cousin was supposed to go to the game in Dallas, but uh, that never materialized. The COVID stuff was going yep. on. And uh, we weren't able to make that chip. That would have been, uh, you know, that would have been. Uh, and we won by, or no, we we lost. That'd have been a nice thing to see. But um, looking forward to it, man. Looking forward to it. So, we got that. Time for take it to the bank, real quick. I'm gonna let you go because I'm still trying to figure mine out. Take that to the bank. You know what time it is. King Arts, take it to the bank. For this week is, uh, as we all know, Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. 
uh, you know, what else can you say besides he's the GOAT in shooting? And I just happen to think that he's uh, more than just the greatest shooter of all time. He evolved the game to a place to where you see it now. But he has been in a slump the last couple of months. He had a couple of games. Even last night, he hit 8 of 13 out of threes, uh, scored 33 points. But they got blew out. Uh, you know, Clay wasn't having that much of a good game. But with that being said, I want to speak about this slump that he's been in. He had a few good games here and there. But it seems like uh, chasing the three-point record kind of put a toll on him and how he's carried the team on his back for the last season and a half by himself. Seems like, uh, you know, his legs might be uh, a little tired or something like that. But whatever the case may be, we've never seen this guy shooting under 40% on the season. Currently, he's shooting at 37% from three-point range, and he's shooting 42%. Uh, you know, in field goals in general. And we haven't seen him with low shooting marks like that ever. Uh, my ticket to the bank is second half of the season. You will see him heat up. They're starting to get guys back. They're going to get Draymond back. They're going to get Wiseman in the next couple of weeks. And a lot of that pressure is going to be taken off him to be just the main guy. And everybody knows how he incorporates with the game going off the of screens and stuff like that. So my ticket to the bank is he will finish the season with higher than 40% of three-point pursuit three-point percentage, and he will be back in the top five in scoring, which he is now currently sitting in 10th place. He's going to heat it up in the second half. He'll be in the top five in scoring, and he will shoot over 40% for the season from three-point range. Take that to the bank. All righty. That's nice. My take it to the bank is that the Ohio State men's bucks – basketball team will actually finish second in the Big Ten. Woo. And EJ Liddell will win Big Ten Player of the Year over Jaden Ivey. Um, that kid from Wisconsin is pretty good, too. Yeah, Taylor. but, you know, Jaden Ivey is also leading it right now. So, I believe EJ Liddell has a monster rest of the season. And uh, he becomes Big Ten Player of the Year. Fortunately, we won't be number one in the Big Ten come the end of the season. But I said we finish second and we win the Big Ten Tournament going into March Madness. So like that, it. you could take that to the bank. I like it. I like it. I like it. We'll see. I, I, I'd rather just be in first place, but you know, hey. I'll, t I'll take second. You, you finish second in the Big Ten, man. You're going to get a great seed in the tournament, man. Yeah. So. so with that, we want to thank everybody for lacing up their cleats tonight, uh, this afternoon. And tying up your high tops. And joining us in the show. If you have any sponsor inquiries about being a sponsor on this show, you can reach us at myself at bucknuts614 on Twitter. King underscore art. 614. At Twitter. Um, you can also leave a message here on a video, yes, and we'll and if, get back to you. And uh, if any of you guys are interested to actually being on the show or being a guest on the show, please shoot us a message and uh, or send us an email, and uh, we'll try to work something out. We do have. You can also email us at n dot the dot shoe at gmail dot com. Email us any questions that you would like to for us to answer on the show, any sponsorship inquiries, 
Um, you can also go on to Score on Air's Facebook page and see some of the other good shows like That's Debatable with Will Ward and uh, Jersey Bay and uh, Ryan Dietrich on Mondays, our show every Tuesday. And then you also have the Buckeye Bro show every Thursday at 7.30 uh, that you can also go and watch anytime, anywhere. And we might even make a guest appearance on that show every now and then. You know, we're slowly doing an invasion like uh, D-Generation X is trying to do on WCW, you know. Like Thanos, we're trying to get all five of those rings. (laughs) But uh, with that, and if you think, if you've ever thought about doing what we're doing or getting on air, you can go on to beonair.com and uh, select the Columbus location and schedule a tour to come in and uh, see what we do and uh, get you signed up for some of these classes and uh, maybe you can be the next uh, on-air talent. Might be the next J-Money. Or King Art. Try OMS. It's the way to go, especially if you want to be in front of that camera or if you want to be behind the camera. You want to you wanna deal with the uh, the technical side of things, man. Ohio Media School is the way to go. So, uh, you know. And also keep an eye out because uh, Score on Air is about to be busy this week with a lot of different things that uh, they're coming about. Uh, with uh, men's hot with boys hockey and a couple other sports that they're going to be broadcasting. So, so you might catch us at a live game. So if you do see us at a live <laughs> game, just come up, and say hi to us, man. Uh, we're all in meeting the people and uh, saying hello. So that'll be just fine. So with that, I'm your boy Jay Money, and it's your main man with the game plan. It's your boy King Art, man. We out and in the shoe. I'll hey. at us. Bye, bye, bye.